someone told me about this subreddit after I posted on Paranormal, so this is a repost from about three years ago now. I recently had another small glitch about this exact post experience with my mother as well. I figured why not post it here, where it belongs. I don't post much, but I've been holding this in for a while. I wanted to see if maybe any of you had had a similar experience. To get the story started, I'll have to jump back in time. Around 2015 or 16, I was getting ready to go out with my mother and grandmother to go to Hobby Lobby. And for those of you who don't know what Hobby Lobby is, it's a store that's full of art and craft items, candles, etc. It's like a Walmart for crafts and art. Anyhow, after I was done getting ready, I sat in my room playing with my parakeet because I had some time to spare. A bit of time had passed, and my mother, whom I told to get me when she was ready to go, hadn't come to get me. I walked out into the living room, and she was flabbergasted by my appearance. Not because of the way I was dressed, but because I had come out of my room. My mother claimed to have come into my room and said the lights were off, and she had checked all around for me and assumed I went to my grandma's. She lives right behind my mom's house. I told her I was in my room the entire time, and we both felt strange after that. Now, before this entire incident, my mother was very liberal, as well as a few of my other family members. A bit of time passed, and when I woke up one day, everything had changed. My grandma, who was strictly against tattoos and dyed hair, began doing so. She got a tattoo. She dyed her hair pink. I was highly confused and brushed it off as a change of heart. That was until my mother became this kind of hardcore conservative overnight. It was all weird. My other grandmother, who didn't like tattoos either, got one as well. Everything that I grew up with had just changed. Little by little... I've been noticing more differences in my family from what I had grown up with. I kept trying to make excuses for it, but nothing was fitting right. I'm still stuck here in this universe that doesn't feel like my own. Now, I've always been spiritual in the sense that spirits are attracted to me, and I connect with my third eye often. But I don't know what to do, and I've read theories that once you hop you can't go back to where you're from. And this isn't like a political issue. I'm not mad that my mother is conservative or whatever. It's just totally different from the mom that I grew up with. Things have gotten weird. Some of my lifelong wishes have come true, but nothing feels right. Ever since I've realized all this, my brain has gotten strange. I suffer from bouts of disassociation, which at first I thought could have been seizures, except my soul feels like it's floating above my body. Nothing feels like it belongs to me anymore. My body feels foreign, often. It feels as though my soul is trying to connect with a body that never belonged to it. I know, I sound kind of crazy, but... I'm saying this with 100% honesty from my side. I was going to try to make a video, but I don't want to upset my family or scare them by making them think I don't care about them. I try to make this new life work for me, but nothing is helping. Does anyone know what I can do to adjust? I have memories that nobody in my family remembers. And I tried going to doctors who say I should get a brain scan and tests, but I can't afford that right now. They say I'm coherent enough to pass the tests, but I don't know why I'm having these episodes of disassociation slash minor brain seizures. I really, highly believe that this isn't my world. Those close to me can vouch for me, and 
I can get screenshots of old text I've sent stating what I'm stating here. If anyone has any sort of idea what this is, please, I'm willing to hear it all. All I know is that doctors are puzzled, I'm puzzled, and nobody besides my boyfriend and closest friends know about this. If you've read this, thanks. This was a small venting session about my situation, and I hope that someone might have some answers. Edited, 1204-2021. Someone asked me if any major events happened in 2016, and I forgot to mention it. The same year that I experienced an overdose, I was 16 or 17 at the time, I experienced the void. A pure, true, black nothingness. I can't recall if it happened before or after the room incident stated above, so I can't say what is truly the cause for this glitch. I originally posted this three years ago, and have undergone extreme life changes. Changes that never seemed reasonable or even possible, for that matter. I'm 22 now, and still to this day, believe I'm not in my world anymore. My life has 180'd starting in 2016. People I'm close to have forgotten past major events or conversations between us. I'm living the life of another version of me. I don't belong here, and honestly, I'm just living day by day. The only reason I'm back here updating this is because of the situation I encountered two days ago, which I have proof of. This recollection was told on a channel that I had been telling my closest friends that I wanted proof that glitches exist before I heard my story being told to me through my headphones. I messaged my mom immediately and told her I wrote about our portal encounter and just heard it on YouTube for the very first time. She messaged me back, just moments later, freaking out that she was watching a paranormal show and the very second I messaged her, they were talking about portals. I have these screenshots and I'm so glad to know that I now have just a smidgen of evidence and that I'm not crazy. First of all, let me be very clear. I am very, very mentally ill. It's nothing that normally causes hallucinations or delusions, though. I mean, my depression does tell me that life is meaningless, and my PTSD does tell me that nowhere and nothing is safe, but those aren't really delusions per se. Just things that are probably objectively true but are usually ignored by healthier minds so that they may continue to function and presumably propagate our species in accordance with the prime directive of all organic life. But yeah, it's a bundle of affective and anxiety disorders. Very fun. To be fair, the above is a moot point since I'm more the subject of this story than the object. I just always wanted to do my own version of First of all, I'm not mentally ill, intro except in reverse. Okay, on to the story. It's pretty simple, really. What it says in the title, due to the nature of what bilocation is, or is thought to be, I obviously couldn't experience it directly, and am relying on testimony from a friend of mine. If I'm in two places at once, the me who is me, could only obviously experience one version of that span of time. I was roughly 17 years old at the time, a junior in high school. It was second semester, so springtime. I believe it was a Wednesday, but I suppose that doesn't really matter much. What does matter is that our history teacher wanted the entire class to come in after school to watch the Les Miserables movie. I believe the 1998 version with Liam Neeson for extra credit. We were doing the unit on the French Revolution, and as I remember, it was not mandatory, but 
highly, almost desperately encouraged for some reason that I couldn't discern either then or now. Maybe she was dealing with some personal stuff and didn't want to be alone. She was quite young, but very curmudgeonly and not particularly well-liked or pleasant to her students. So, it's a bit odd that she was so keen to spend an extra couple of hours with them. There would, of course, be a worksheet or quiz after the movie that would need to be turned in the next day to get the extra credit. I was in my school's IB program, which was basically just a college prep program where you take a bunch of AP-level classes all at once, so most of my classmates were the driven and motivated sorts. The majority of them couldn't resist the offer of extra credit, as even the slightest advantage was an advantage nonetheless. I probably started out that way, but at this point my depression and PTSD started to manifest in full force, probably spurred on by the puberty chemicals, and while I continued to get good grades going forward, I only did so due to a talent for osmosis and a decent memory. The motivation had already begun to leak out of me like air escaping a punctured inflatable raft, so I very briefly entertained the idea of going to the movie showing, but ultimately concluded that I could coast my way to an A without it, and I really didn't want to have any more time in that particular class. What I did decide to do was tell my parents I was staying after school for an activity, and take the couple extra hours to myself. As a kid that age, especially one whose parents had been overprotective in childhood, and who have always had to share space with a sibling, I relished the opportunity to actually be alone for a while. So, I took a walk. I walked around the school, passed and through the athletic fields, which were mostly empty that day, and down into a wooded area past the school grounds, which was essentially a public park with a nice path for walking and jogging. I was depressed, in the clinical sense, but I was also a dramatic teen, so I spent that time pining after somebody that I had an unrequited crush on, and wondering what combination of words I could put together into a bit of perfectly maudlin poetry, such that they would finally fall in love with me. Eventually, I looped back around and then got a ride home slightly before the Lemise crowd was due to disperse. The very next day, a close friend of mine at the time asked me to help him with the worksheet for the movie. I reminded him that I hadn't seen it. I didn't go to the extra credit thing. He seemed really confused and claimed that I was messing with him. I explained that I was absolutely not. I had never seen that version of Lemis to this day, and I certainly wasn't there to see it that afternoon. He then went on to tell me, with amusement and confusion in his voice and face, that not only had I been there, but I had sat behind him, that we'd had an entire conversation on and off, whispering, I assume, and that I had shared a spare juice box with him, which he apparently drank right then and there. The thing about the IB program in my school was that it was quite small and relatively new at the time. There were maybe 40-ish of us, and we all took the same classes. We all knew each other, so it couldn't just be someone who looked a lot like me and acted and spoke like me that my friend had simply never had a shared class with before that day. He wouldn't mistake anybody else in the program for any other person in the program. And here the obligatory no drugs thing comes in. We were clean, nerdy kids, and at that point most of us hadn't even had a sip of beer. And my friend is much more mentally healthy than I am. No diagnoses to this day as far as I know. Ultimately, we both sort of waved the incident away. It was, after all impossible, and if it was impossible, then it must not have been true. I know where I was and what I was doing, and he claimed with a straight face that he thought I was sitting behind him and giving him juice, but he must have been mistaken. Assuming that something weird did happen, 
both of us must have just figured the other was goofing and left it at that. He must have been pulling my leg. To be honest, the latter is my primary hypothesis to this day. Occam's razor would indicate that this is the case. The somewhat weird thing that in no way rules out the rational explanation, but certainly muddies the water a bit, at least subjectively, is that we remained friends and fairly close for years and years thereafter, through college and well into adulthood, finally drifting apart only once he got married and started exclusively hanging out with other couples doing whatever it is that groups of couples do. I remained single, not surprisingly and he has never flinched or changed his story. Across the years, every once in a while, one of us would bring up that instance, presumably to get the other to confess to it, and each time we would hold fast to our respective stories, with straight faces, and then sort of just drop it again. If I were to investigate the occurrence now, I suppose I would try to get other people to confirm or deny what he saw, but... I'm 35 now. Everyone else is also 35-ish now, depending on birthday. So, even if I were to track down one or more people from our program, their testimony would be unreliable either way. According to my friend, we mostly interacted with each other in his version of events, so I doubt anyone else would have been paying attention to whether I was or wasn't there that day especially in a dark room with a movie playing. I'm not really sure why it didn't occur to us to check with the others at the time. I know some theorize that the glitch in the Matrix stories have some sort of perception filter affecting them, discouraging people from sharing. But I don't really buy into that idea, considering how popular these kinds of stories are these days. Heck, they were kind of popular, though much less prominent even back then. I guess maybe we just didn't think it was worth investigating, since both of us still suspect that the other is pulling an elaborate, soon-to-be-decades-long prank, and ultimately the actual event was utterly inconsequential when it comes to our day-to-day -day lives. I'm certainly no stranger to weird bits and bobs, but for some reason this one sticks out most in that it continues to instill doubt. Maybe if he really did mess with me that afternoon and decided to stick by his story for fun, that little bit of doubt and wonder was his gift to me. Alright, I think I'm done. This happened in 2012. I want to give all the context, so I apologize that it's long. It was the summer after my freshman year of college and it was at my parents' house. It's a ranch-style house on a hill, where you enter into the second floor through the front door, and there's a staircase that goes downstairs, where you can exit to the woods outside the back of the house. My parents were away for work, they worked together, and I was planning to pull an all-nighter to meet a writing deadline for my internship. It was Saturday, and my younger brother, 17 at the time, was planning to go to some big party that night with a handful of his friends, including one of our childhood friends from the Netherlands who was staying with us for the summer. My best friend and I agreed to drop him and his friends off and pick them up. I'll skip ahead to when we picked them up from the party. There were five of them total, the four we dropped off plus another one tagging along who I didn't know, and they were so drunk. I never heard the new kids say a word. We brought them back and they crashed in various parts of the house pretty much immediately. My best friend and I took the California King in the master bedroom downstairs, where I would pull my all-nighter riding once she fell asleep. One of the friends crashed in the living room behind our bedroom. You had to go through our bedroom to get to it. Everyone else was upstairs. My brother was in his room, directly above the sitting room, 
his other friend was in the guest room directly above the master, and our Netherlands friend plus the new kid actually fell asleep sitting up leaning on each other on the couch in the living room upstairs, across an open floor plan from the front door slash dining room area. So, it's 3am and everyone except me is asleep. I had just come back downstairs after putting on a pot of coffee, and had seen the two boys on the couch in the same position they had been in all night. I go into the bathroom at the foot of the stairs and don't bother locking the door. Just as I sit down to go, I suddenly hear voices having a conversation upstairs, right near the top of the steps, which is also close to the front door, and it's clearly a man and a woman. So, I assume something went wrong on the trip and my parents have come home unexpectedly. They weren't due back for another couple days. Fearing they would immediately come downstairs to their room, I run over and lock the bathroom door, then finish peeing, wash my hands, etc. And all the while, I can hear this animated conversation upstairs. But I can't make out what they're saying, even though it's getting louder and louder. I finish up quickly in the bathroom because I need to go greet my parents and explain why we're in their bed and all these kids, who are surely awake and confused now, at least the ones in the living room, are in the house. So, I'm running up the stairs, and the conversation is getting noticeably louder and louder the closer that I get. As I'm a couple steps away from the top landing, they're fully yelling, and the moment my foot hits the top steps... Silence. I look at the front door and scan the whole dining room and living room area for my parents. No one is there. Everything is exactly the same as it was a few minutes ago when I was upstairs, including the two boys sitting exactly as they were before, fast asleep. I start shaking and my heart starts pounding, keeping my back to the stairs, I back into the kitchen all the way up to the coffee pot, too scared to turn my back on the area the voices were coming from. With shaking hands, I pour another cup of coffee, and I stand there in shock, desperately trying to rationalize what just happened. At this moment, the friend who was in the guest room comes into the kitchen, barely awake, still drunk, and looking for water. I ask him, did you hear any of that? And he had no idea what I was talking about. I gave him water and he went back to bed. I told myself the new kid that I never heard speak it must have a voice like a woman and him and our friend must have woken up, had the conversation and somehow fallen back asleep right when I got upstairs. It didn't make any sense, but... I was so terrified that I forced myself to accept it, at least until daylight. I went back downstairs, eventually got back to work, and once I finished, I waited until the sun came up to try to get some sleep. A few hours later, everyone was up, and I eagerly said good morning to the new kid to hear his voice. It turned out to be far deeper than anyone else in the house and a sharp chill then ran down my spine. I asked him and our friend if they woke up and had a heated conversation in the middle of the night, but I already knew the answer. No. In fact, as soon as one woke up and realized they were sleeping on each other, he moved to a different chair. As everyone gathered in the living room, I told them what happened and no one knew what to say or had any idea how to explain it. This experience forced me to allow the existence of the paranormal, ghosts, or whatever, because it's been almost 10 years, and I still have no explanation. The property borders a wooded wildlife preserve, 
that was originally the home of the Minkwa tribe, along with the whole neighborhood and more land beyond that. I'm not sure where this tribe lives today, and I don't believe this is even the name that they called themselves. I don't know why this thought kept entering my head as I tried to figure out what happened. Maybe because I couldn't make out the conversation? The house itself was only 60 years old or so, and to my knowledge, no one died there. Though the woman who lived there before us swore that it was haunted. So, any ideas? After witnessing one too many stupid moves on the interstate, my partner and I finally decided to buy a dash cam two weeks ago. The one that I bought included a 32GB microSD card and adapter. I figured that I would need to clear out the card too often, so I tacked on a 126GB microSD, which also came with an adapter. I got them both and then sat down in the bedroom to unwrap the packages. My partner is in the living room watching soccer, which is only important because he's a witness to what happened. To note, he had just cleaned the house, so there wasn't any clutter in the rooms. The bed was made, too. The dashcam came in a box, and the extra SD card came in a padded envelope sleeve. I'm sitting on the bed, opening the goods up, totally normal stuff. Everything was in the dashcam box, both microSD cards are packaged in a credit card shape and sized plastic so great. Not easy to get lost. The 126GB one is also in some harder case plastic that's annoying to rip off, so I set the box down on the bed and grab my scissors. I cut out the 126 card, and I put it in the bigger dashcam box next to the other card, so I can go install this bad boy. I grabbed my keys, double-check that I didn't leave anything but the plastic trash on the bed, and go to the car. In the elevator, I'm just mindlessly gazing at the box, so I know the cards were in there. Nothing remarkable happens when I exit the elevator and walk out the door to the parking deck and to my car. I don't trip. Nothing falls out of the box. It's a very simple and straight 200 steps to my car. I open the car's passenger door, set the box down on the seat, and pull out the power cord and the cam itself. I find the slot for the micro SD card, and then look down into the box to grab the still-wrapped-in-the-credit-card-sized plastic SD, and they're gone. Both are gone. I take out every piece. I even took the directions manual out of the sleeve and shook it and flipped it in case the cards slid in there somehow. Maybe I could explain one card getting lost, but both? I purposefully didn't fully unwrap them so they wouldn't slide around the box and fall out. I ripped my car apart and I felt crazy. I looked under the seat between the console and seats and the side door pocket, the drink holder, the floor, under the mats, under the tires, the back seat, which I didn't even open to begin with. I shut the door of the car and I retraced my steps. It's a straight shot from the door to my car. The parking deck is flat and a light gray concrete. It's 11am on a bright Sunday... There's no dark shadows or weird corners where things could slide, and there's no one parked near me either. There's nothing in the elevator. Nothing in the small hall between my apartment and the elevator. I don't bump into anyone, which isn't unusual, because there's only one other person on our side of the building and she's 67 in a homebody. And mind you, it's been 15 minutes, so... Maybe they got dropped in the elevator somehow, and someone took them, even though I literally looked at them and know that they didn't. It's also a Sunday, and my building is not busy at all. Back inside my apartment, 
I go to the bedroom and search through the plastic and cardboard trash. There wasn't much, but it was evidence that the cards did exist. I checked the bubble-padded envelope. Nothing. I've got the receipts in the case that I cut the 126 card out of. I searched under the bed, under the pillows even. I grabbed my partner for help, and he looks all over along with me. Nothing in or around the hall tree where I grabbed the car keys. Nothing under the doormats. He searched between the car cushions, the glove compartment, even the sunglass holder. It's been two weeks. I thought if I just forgot about them, they would show up somewhere dumb and obvious, and this would be a haha, look what I found on the corner of the couch by the bedroom door type thing, but no. I looked there. He did too. So I'm still mad. I got glitched out of two micro SD cards and adapters and had to spend another $10 for a new micro SD so I could use the dash cam. Approximately five years ago, one of my coworkers at my old job didn't show up for her shift one day. The next time we worked together, I asked why she had called out the other day. We just so happened to be in the presence of one of our supervisors, and we were all standing close to the entrance. She told us that her house had flooded because her younger brother left the faucet running right before her family went out to dinner. They came back to the house being mildly flooded, unfortunate but not too crazy of a story. The next day at work, me and the same coworker and the same supervisor were standing in the exact same spot as the day prior, close to the entrance, and we were all talking. I asked my coworker how her house and family were doing. She asked me what I'm talking about and why I would ask that. I said because of her house flooding, and she became very visibly upset and bothered and demanded to know how I knew that her house had flooded. I became very confused and asked does she not remember telling me literally just yesterday. She insisted that she didn't tell me about her house flooding and demanded to know how I found out this information. I was bewildered and convinced that she must be messing with me because she 100% told me and our supervisor about her house flooding. I turned to our supervisor and him like, didn't she tell us about her house flooding yesterday? Expecting an obvious yes in response. However, our supervisor said she had no idea that her house had flooded. It's the first that she had heard about it. I'm stunned into almost silence, and am incoherently babbling trying to explain that she definitely did tell us. My coworker cuts me off and says, There's absolutely no way you could have known about that. I haven't told anyone about my house flooding aside from our general manager. Not even, insert another coworker's name here, who is also her best friend. And if I haven't told her about it, why the hell would I tell you? She literally looked at me with disgust and stormed off. At that point in time, I'm still convinced that it was some sort of elaborate prank, and I asked the supervisor who witnessed this whole thing about it, and she still maintained that she was unaware about her house flooding. This disturbed me greatly, but it's just so insane that I was still convinced that they have to be messing with me or something. So, anyway, the next time I worked with Flooded House Coworker, I said hello to her and she just glared at me in response and walked off. After that day, it was never the same. We worked together for another six months or so and she continued to avoid me. She was rude to me when we did have to interact and treated me as if I was some stalker creep that was obsessed with her. I swear on my life that she told me about her house flooding. I remember it very vividly.
but her reaction to me knowing was so intense. I really don't think she was faking that. My supervisor also maintained that she never actually told us about it. I even talked to her best friend about it, who also said she had not previously known about the house flooding. Her best friend told me that it was best to just leave the topic alone, and to leave flooded house girl alone altogether. I have no explanation for this, and when I tell people about this situation, they just tell me I'm crazy or making it up. I don't know how to explain it. I don't even believe in parallel universes, but I don't know what else it could be besides a switch up in my timelines. I don't know. <laughs> it haunts me, though, and I think about it all the time, and it just makes me feel sick. I've posted here before about welcoming in my friend's doppelganger into our house when I thought it was his twin brother. This is what happened with one of the same friends some time later. I hope that it fits here, and if not, my apologies. Again, my friend Jeff invited me over. He had moved to a new apartment and told me that he had met his new neighbors. He said that his neighbors... A man and wife were having a get-together, and Jeff was invited. Jeff called me up and invited me to the party, and I accepted. It was a BYOB, bring your own beer, so I ran to the liquor store and got myself a pint of Hennessy. I then went to Jeff's house, hung out with him for a while, and then we proceeded to his neighbor's. The one neighbor was a white, ginger, alcoholic male with a big dog. His wife was a white woman with brown hair, and we all were students at the University of Buffalo, which is known to be haunted. They lived in an off-campus house. After talking a little, eating a little, and drinking, we all moved to the living room to watch TV with the lights off. The married couple sat together, I sat by myself, and Jeff sat by himself, and we all watched TV in silence and drank by ourselves. After about five minutes of silence, the front door burst open very strongly like someone kicked it in. The front door is right in the living room where we were, and hurries a college-aged white female. She had long hair, blue jeans, a regular shirt, and a purse and keys. She slams the door behind herself. She doesn't say anything to anyone, and quickly finds a seat next to me. I assumed that she was the friend of the neighbor's wife, and that I may have been hooked up on a blind date. Because she sat so close to me, I assumed that she was hooked up with me. We didn't talk, she didn't drink, but she just checked her phone like she was busy and watched TV. After about 10 to 20 minutes, things started to get weird and confusing. So, she is so close to me that I'm admiring her beauty and looking forward to talking to her. As I'm checking her out from the corner of my eye, I get a cold chill down my spine that I immediately ignore. But, at the same time, she appeared to get the same chill as the hair on her neck started to stand up. She immediately starts to look around in a panic, grabbed her phone in her purse, stood up out of her seat in a hurry, runs to the front door, jerks it open, scurries out, and then violently slams the front door closed behind her. We were all watching TV and drinking in the dark, so I just kept drinking. I figured that either I spooked her out because of my energy, I was still freaked out from the doppelganger sighting, and maybe she got scared and freaked out, or she had forgot something and had to leave. The rest of the night was silent as I fell asleep on the couch. But the next day, I asked about that girl and nobody seemed to know what I was talking about. They didn't hear the front door slam open or closed when she came and went, 
nor did they see or invite anyone else over but Jeff and I. There was no girl. Now, I know what I saw, but I'm thinking, did I get a visit from an angel? Did time freeze, allowing her to come to me? Is my mind just playing tricks on me? First, I want to be upfront about two things that I know will make a lot of you skeptical. I smoke marijuana, and I have schizophrenic episodes every once in a while. But, logically, this doesn't rule out the possibility of this being some kind of glitch. I would have left these two details out, but I want to provide full context to be transparent, so please, hear me out. Years ago, I had this Lord of the Rings ring, this cheap toy gold-plated ring that I had received as a Christmas present when I was about seven years old. From years of play and wear, the gold plating had worn off and the ring itself, being made out of cheap steel, had been bent a little bit and was full of scratches. The ring was just overall in a really worn-out condition. I must have been in my teens, I'm now 23, when I clearly remember tossing it away along with all the other cheap Lord of the Rings rings that used to come on these bookmarks that you could just get at the bookstore. I remember literally throwing them in the trash. Fast forward to about four months ago, I had gone off my medication to my own detriment and was experiencing a schizophrenic episode where I was in a state of psychosis. There was a night where I was in my backyard and was putting my trinkets and some of my jewelry into this old Native American grinding stone that is in my backyard. This wheel-like stone with the hole in the middle. There was no reason for me doing this. I was just acting weird because of the psychosis. But I left all of these precious objects in there overnight. I wasn't attempting anything, and I had no expectations of what would happen. The next morning, I went to retrieve all of these objects, and with them I found the Lord of the Rings ring I had tossed years ago. It is the exact one bent with scratches, and 99% of the gold plating has worn off. I have no explanation as to how this happened. I still have it with me now. When I found it, I was excited because it reminded me of my childhood, and it is now extra special to me because of this odd event. I really hope that my disorder and my marijuana use doesn't disqualify me. Yes, I was smoking a lot during the time that this happened, actually way too much, and I was in a psychotic episode, but in my teens, when I had thrown away the ring, I was not smoking, nor had my disability emerged yet. I'd been without this ring for years, and I definitely did not ever put it in the grinding stone just to forget about it for many years. Another weird detail, in conjunction with finding the ring, I lost this broken bracelet that I had put in the grinding stone the night before, kind of like I traded one object for the other. By the way, my episode is over, and I am 100% back to normal now. Even in my clear state of mind now, this whole thing seems like an impossible event, but who knows? Maybe there's an explanation that I'm missing. But have any of you found things in an odd place you swore you threw out or gave away before? I posted a while ago about a glitch while working on Halloween where my ring apparently glitched off of my hand. Just yesterday, I had another glitch, and it's been bothering me ever since. I work in the photo lab at my job, 
And with the Christmas rush, I've been super busy with orders of all kinds lately. A lot of sales have been going on, so similar orders pop up one after another. In this case, there was a special for free 8x10s. I believe it was either Thursday or Friday. I printed a slew of them and was labeling them to be sorted into boxes to await customer pickup when I noticed I had two orders by the same person. A common theme with these types of specials. We'll say the name was Biggers. It was a very distinct name, hence why I remember printing it so well. I remember thinking, damn, I didn't realize there were two for her. I could have just put them in the same envelope. While I'd also gotten confused for a moment before wondering why I had two pictures by the same person, but couldn't find the label. So I found the label, packed them up, and put them away. Among the other orders, I remember printing two orders of people with the same last name. It will call them Loud. L Loud and A Loud. They both had orders, and I remember them because they matched, and I see their names a lot while working. So I packed them up, and I put them away. So yesterday I'm at work, and Miss Biggers comes in for her orders. I have two, she says, and I reply, uh, Yes, ma'am, I remember printing them. But when I look in the boxes under the letter B, I only see one print. She tells me again that I know I had two, and I believe her and reiterate that I remember printing two for the reasons above. I go to check the printer and search the history, and only one order comes up. The one that I found. I go to the computer and search customer history. These never get cleared, so there are orders from a decade ago listed on there, and even if an order is cancelled, they aren't deleted, only labeled as cancelled but there's still only one order on there. Unable to figure out what happened to the other order, I tell her to just resubmit it, and I'll honor the sale and end of conversation. I figure it's just a fluke, until Mr. Loud comes in. I have one for L and one for A. Yes, I remember them. Except I only find L's photos, not A's. He insists that there are two orders, and I know that he's right. Like before, I check the printer, I check the computer history, absolutely nothing. These orders apparently never existed. I tell him that this just happened earlier, I play it off as a system error and tell him to resend them and we will honor the free price. When the manager who was present while I was working on the orders originally comes in, I ask her if she remembers those names and how I printed multiple ones. She says yes. I tell her that they apparently never existed and aren't anywhere in the system. She's as dumbfounded as I am. I've experienced weird things in the past that I joked were glitches in the Matrix, but this is crazier than anything I've experienced, and it baffles me. I could explain the ring glitch right away, but I cannot explain this one away. I regret not asking for order proof from the customers like emails or order numbers to see if there was residual leftovers. This happened roughly seven or eight years ago, but I think about it almost daily. I was a young college student also working full-time as a waitress. My boyfriend at the time and I also worked and went to school together. I always hated driving, but I really loved my Cabrillo Volkswagen, so I would let him drive us to and from in my car. I remember this clear as day that I was wearing black leggings with tall black boots. I hadn't been keeping up with my laundry, and my last resort was to wear lime green socks that I had never worn before. They weren't visible to anyone else, but I prefer black socks. I only mention this because of the color, you can't confuse this with other socks. On a rare chance we both had the night off, we decided to go out and have dinner together. We had a great dinner, but 
Both of us were just exhausted and decided to just head back to his place, as it was closer, to watch a movie together. I specifically remember driving us home that night, because he'd had some drinks, so I sucked it up and drove us instead. I rarely stayed at his place because I preferred my bed and whatnot. We were tired that night, turned on a movie before getting to bed. I didn't bring a change of clothes, but what I was wearing was comfortable enough to sleep in. I do always sleep without my socks on, though, and I remember him laughing that they were lime green and not what I typically wore. Anyways, we fall asleep and I have to get back home in the morning to get ready for work. So I wake up, and I try to get him up as well. My boots were at the foot of the bed, but my socks weren't on my feet anymore. I remember falling asleep with them on, so I immediately think I must have taken them off in my sleep. I'm pulling the covers and sheets looking for them, because, like I mentioned, I can't stand the feeling of wearing shoes without socks. My boyfriend woke up and helped me look around. We look everywhere. Under the bed, between the bed, all over, and they're nowhere to be found. So, again, I suck it up and put on my boots with no socks. We head to the car. I give him the keys to drive me back to my place. As I mentioned before, I had driven the night prior, and I prefer not to if I don't need to. I open the passenger door, and right there on the floorboard are my lime green socks. I immediately asked him, Are you messing with me? How did my socks get in here? But neither of us had an explanation, and it makes absolutely zero sense to this day. I still and never will understand how this happened. It is kind of a silly story, but it makes me question a lot. I truly think that this was one of the glitch-in-the-matrix situations. I've been meaning to share this story for so long, so I'm glad there's a subreddit for this. This happened when I was 16. My mother used to take my phone at night, and then gave it back to me when she woke me up for school the following morning. Every morning started the same. She would wake me up, I would go to the bathroom to take a shower and get ready, I'd come out and put on my uniform, she'd give me breakfast, and then I would run out of the house to catch the public bus. This is the important part. I would always take my phone in the bathroom with me, I'm the type of person who plans my day by the minutes. I knew I had to take my shower for X number of minutes, get out of the bathroom by X, leave the house at X to catch the bus. So, same routine. I was in the bathroom, and I remember it so clearly. My shower took way longer than usual, and instead of it being 7.15, the phone said 7.23. I remember rushing out of the bathroom as I was supposed to leave the house by 7.25 most days. I rushed, put on my uniform, and my mom followed me half out the house with my breakfast. I distinctly remember checking the clock before I left, too, trying to figure out if I had time to catch the bus, or if I had to take a car to school. The clock was at 7.28, so... I had time to catch the bus. It was a snowy day in January, and I also remember that vividly. The sky was gray and dark, and that's how it was every day. The streets were eerily empty. I stopped at my bus stop, which was on the side of a pretty busy street. But not today. No one was on the streets, maybe a car passed by once every few minutes. I started getting worried that I would be late for school, 
and that's when I looked down at my phone to call my dad to drop me off at school. It was 4.03 a.m. I was shocked. It couldn't be. I walked back home and my mom was still up getting my other sister ready for school and she was surprised to see me. I told her to check the time and, to her surprise too, it was 4 a.m. She started saying how she swore her alarm woke her up at 7, like it does every single morning, and we both looked at each other and swore that we saw the time. A 4 a.m. snowy day and a 7 a.m. snowy day looked the same outside, but I knew that I checked the clock enough times to confirm that it was 7 a.m. Regardless, we all went back to sleep and I again woke up at 7. This time I made my dad take me to school, and the whole day I had my eyes on the clock. This incident never happened to me again, but I still have no explanation for it. So, yesterday we had a funny and interesting scenario that was most obviously a coincidence, but I love exploring the possibility that it was something more. Some background details... My wife is somewhat religious. She hasn't been to church in a long time, but prays every night, thinking God is watching over, etc. Me, I just think there's some sort of greater entity out there, and whether it be God, aliens, or something else, we get into playful arguments about this, but that's a whole other story. My wife has a small business, and so, a couple of times per week, she has to drop a bunch of orders off at the post office to ship out. And my wife is approximately three months pregnant, but there's not really a bump or anything yet, so you wouldn't know it just by looking at her. So on to the story. Yesterday we go to the post office and I sit in the car while she goes inside. She apparently fell running up the stairs, but I was looking at my phone and I didn't see what happened. She caught the fall with her arms and hands to shield her pregnant belly. While she was inside, an older woman in a big van pulled up next to me in the parking lot. I didn't really notice her doing anything. She seemed to basically just be standing around outside the driver's door. Normally, people park and just go right inside, but she was just standing around. A few minutes later... My wife comes out and said to me, Dude, didn't you see me fall? The window is open and she said this to me while standing outside the passenger door, right next to the woman with the van. Within like one second, the woman said to my wife, Oh my god, I hope you're okay, and instantly handed her two identical coins. The coins are basically like a penny with a cutout of a cross in the middle and a cutout that was a small cross that fits perfectly. The part that we find weird was that there was zero hesitation from this woman. She didn't reach into her pockets or anything. She had the coins in her hands ready to go and responded instantly. After she handed off the coins, she didn't say anything and walked away toward the entrance. So, that's the story of how we were possibly visited by an angel yesterday. We semi-seriously think it was an angel, and that she gave one coin for my wife and one coin for the baby. I love talking and thinking about supernatural and glitchy stuff, so of course this is a possibility we'll never rule out. But thinking logically, I assume most likely one of two things is what actually happened. She somehow saw my wife fall, although I don't think she could have with the way the times lined up, and waited purposely for her to come out to give her the coins as a way of saying, bless you, or whatever. Or the woman just has a big collection of these coins and hands them out to random people during interactions. But what do you all think? So that was this week's collection of Glitch in the Matrix stories. On... The As the Raven Dreams podcast. 
I hope you enjoyed this collection of glitchy goodness. If you did and would like to listen to more of this, you can always check out the other episodes of the podcast or support the channel further by actually going to my YouTube channel and checking out my videos. Just go to YouTube and search as The Raven Dreams. You can also go to AsTheRavenDreams.com for lots of other good stuff. Ways to get early access, read stories that I've written, submit your own story, and things like that. All that said, friends, thank you very much for listening. I do hope to see you in two weeks on the next Glitch in the Matrix episode. But until then, sleep well.